the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Aren't you glad that you don't have to give God a bunch of gifts to win Him over, or you don't have to do a bunch of works to win Him over, or you don't have to do a bunch of religious activities to win God's favor? All you have to do is put your faith in Jesus Christ. Put your trust in His death on the cross for your sins and His resurrection from the dead, and we receive God's favor when we do that. He forgives our sins. He gives us eternal life. He accepts us into His family. Let's lay the foundation for a moment. Esau and Jacob are brothers. Esau hated Jacob because of something he did. They haven't seen each other in forever. Today, Pastor Dan tells us that they're about ready to come eye to eye. However, Jacob is trying to placate his brother, trying to get back in good graces. Why? He's super afraid that Esau will still be extremely angry. The meeting didn't happen at all as he imagined. Do you get worried about possible outcomes just as Jacob did, just as I do? Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 33 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. John chapter 4, verse 1 says, Now Jacob lifted his eyes and looked, and there Esau was coming, and with him were 400 men. And so he divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and the two maidservants, and he put the maidservants and their children in front, Leah and her children behind and Rachel and Joseph last. Then he crossed over before them and bowed himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. But Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him and they wept together. You weren't expecting that, were you? (laughs) Neither was Jacob. And he lifted his eyes and saw the women and children and said, Who are these with you? So Jacob said, they, the children whom God has graciously given your servant. Then the maidservants came near and they and their children and bowed down. And Leah also came near with her children and they bowed down. And afterward, Joseph and Rachel came near and they bowed down. And then Esau said, what do you mean by all this company which I met? And he said, these are to find favor in the sight of my Lord. But Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. And Jacob said, no, please, if I have now found favor in your sight, then receive my present from my hand inasmuch as I have seen your face as though I had seen the face of God and you were pleased with me. Please 
Take my blessing that is brought to you because God has dealt graciously with me and because I have enough. And so he urged him and Esau took it. And then Esau said, let us take our journey. Let us go and I will go before you. Jacob said to him, my Lord knows that the children are weak and the flocks and herds which are nursing are with me. And if the men should drive them hard one day, all flocks will die. Please let my Lord go on ahead before his servant, and I will lead on slowly at a pace which the livestock that go before me and the children and are able to endure until I come to my Lord and seer. And Esau said, well, now let me leave with you some of the people who are with me. But Jacob said, what need is there? Let me find favor in the sight of my Lord. And so Esau returned that day on his way to seer. And Jacob journeyed to Sukkot built himself a house, and made booths for his livestock. Therefore, the name of the place is called Sukkot. Then Jacob came safely to the city of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan. And when he came from Padanaram, and he pitched his tent before the city, on the outskirts of the city, and he bought the parcel of land where he had pitched his tent from the children of Hamor, Shechem's father for 100 pieces of money. Then he erected an altar there and called it El Elohe Israel. And Lord, we thank you for your word today. And Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher and that you would open our eyes to the wondrous things you have in your word for us today, that you would open our ears to hear your voice and that you would open our hearts and our hearts would be responsive to your word. Lord, I pray and ask that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word today, Lord, that you would empower me. And Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So Jacob finally meets with Esau after much anticipation. They finally meet. And if you remember, Jacob fled the land of Canaan to escape from Esau because Esau wanted to kill Jacob. And now after more than 20 years, Jacob and Esau meet again and are face to face. We saw in the previous chapter that Jacob was afraid and distressed at the news that Esau and his 400 men were on their way to meet Jacob. And Jacob thought for sure that Esau was coming to kill him and his family. Verse 1 says again, now Jacob lifted his eyes and looked and there Esau was coming with him were 400 men. So he can you know, see Esau and his, his men coming you know, off on the horizon. And so Jacob divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and the two maidservants. And he put the maidservants and their children in front, Leah and her children behind, and Rachel and Joseph last. When Jacob sees Esau coming with the 400 men, a very large army, and that day... He divides his family up into three groups between Leah, Rachel, and the two maidservants. And then he arranges them in order by their groups, placing the maidservants with their children in the front. Then Leah with her children. And then finally, Rachel and her only child, Joseph, last. Rachel is the one that Jacob loved, right? She's the one that he wanted to marry. He ended up with the others, 
It wasn't his choice. He got tricked into that. But Rachel is the one that he loves and wanted to marry. And he shows his preference for Rachel by putting Rachel and Joseph last where they would be the safest. There was no question where you stood in Jacob's household. I mean, he just put them in order from least to greatest here. You know, you can tell who's Jacob's favorite. wonder who dad likes the most, you know, kind of thing. Well, it's obvious just by how he lines up the family. And putting Rachel and her son last was kind of a romantic gesture, I suppose. I mean, Jacob is saying to Rachel, of all my wives, I hope that you're killed last, you know. Rachel probably thought, that's the sweetest thing you've ever said to me. (laughs) I love you so much. I love you, baby. This likely created problems in the family, as you can imagine. Hurt feelings, jealousy. Now everybody knows how dad really feels, how Jacob really feels. Uh, We know Joseph's brothers hated Joseph in later years, as we'll see when we get there in Genesis. Look at verse 3. As he arranges the family now in groups here and orders them. But then it says, Jacob crossed over before them. Jacob crossed over before them. He went before his family. Note that, husbands. Jacob goes before his family. He is leading his family, literally. Husbands, God has called us to courageously lead our families. He hasn't called our wives to do that. He hasn't called us to be passive husbands who just let the wife do it and take care of it. God has commanded us to take the position at the front, at the head, and take the responsibility of leading the family. Ephesians 5 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. How did Christ demonstrate his love for his bride, the church? By dying for the church, by laying down his life as a sacrificial sacrifice, a substitutionary sacrifice. Dying in our place, on our behalf. That kind of sacrificial love, that's exactly what Jacob demonstrates here. He is willing to lay down his life for his family. He, he puts himself as the first line of defense for his wives and children. And that's what we should do. That's being a Christ-like husband. And so verse 3, he goes before them. And then he bowed himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. Bowing was the customary greeting in the ancient Middle East. And so that's what Jacob does. He's bowing down. But look at Esau's response. Esau doesn't bow. Esau, you know, says, hey, brothers don't bow. Brothers got a hug, you know. And so verse 4, Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him. And they wept. Again, not exactly the response Jacob was expecting from Esau. He was sure that Esau was coming to exact revenge. He's been dreading this day. He's been dreading this meeting. You know, often 
the buildup in our minds is worse than what actually happens, isn't it? We can build something up in our minds and we, and, and we just naturally think of the worst case scenario of how it's going to play out, the worst thing's going to happen. We dread it and we get ourselves sick over, we're worried, we're losing sleep, and then the thing comes and it's, it's not at all like what we thought. <laughs> and we've wrestled with this thing. And it's nothing like what we thought. Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, he'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Uh, you can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Here's Jacob. He's sure that Esau is coming to kill him. He knows it. He's bringing 400 men to wipe him out and wipe out his whole family. And this is, it. This is where we're going to meet our end. This is where we're going to die. We're going to die here. My whole family is going to die. We're not going to survive this. How often do we think that way? You know, as Don McClure says, we've all died a thousand times. And yet we're all still here. We've all had occasions where we thought, this is it. This is the end. We're never going to recover. We're never going to get it back. And it works out. It works out. And so often the reality is so much better than what we expected it to be. Or actually, Esau wasn't coming to kill Jacob and his family. He was coming to greet them, welcome them home. And Jacob's shocked, I'm sure. He didn't expect this. And so again, they, you know, Esau embraces him. They weep together as brothers. And Jacob says, thanks for not killing me. You know, I appreciate that. And, and so clearly Esau's heart towards Jacob has changed. With the passage of time, he's not angry anymore. He's not bitter anymore. doesn't want to kill him. Esau's response here to Jacob, it, it reminds me of the father's response in the story of the prodigal son when his son finally comes home. Remember, he, the son is so, same feelings. You know, he's so worried about how his dad's going to receive him. Will his dad receive him? Will his dad just allow him to be a servant in his household, you know? And, and then when the son arrives... The father sees him afar off, and it says in Luke 15, verse 20, when his father saw him, the father had compassion on his son. The father ran and fell on his neck and kissed him and received him home. And the son, remember, starts into that speech that he had rehearsed, you know, I've sinned against you and I've sinned against God. You'll just let me be a servant in your house. And the father just interrupts him and says, put sandals on his feet, put a ring on his finger, put a robe on him, kill the fatted calf. My son who is lost has been found. My son who's, who was dead is alive again. My boy is home. And by the way, that is God's heart toward us. That's God's heart to any prodigal son or daughter, any prodigal man or woman who's away from the Lord. When you come back to the Lord, God rejoices that you come back. He's not angry. He rejoices when you return home to Him. He's just glad you're home when you come home. Esau has that same kind of response here to Jacob's return. Verse 5, 
And then Esau lifted his eyes and saw the women and children and said, Who are these with you? So he said, The children whom God has graciously given your servant. Jacob acknowledges their children are a gift from the Lord that he graciously gives to parents. Then the maidservants came near, they and their children, and they bowed down. And Leah also came near with her children, and they bowed down. Afterward, Joseph and Rachel came near, and they bowed down. Then Esau said, what do you mean by all this company which I met? And he said, these are to find favor in the sight of my Lord. If you remember in our study in chapter 32, when Jacob heard that Esau was coming with 400 men, Jacob was afraid, he was distressed, and so he sent some of his servants with livestock to Esau as a gift. And remember, he sent them in droves, kind of one group after another to Esau as Esau was coming. And his hope was that it would appease Esau's anger. And that's what he's referring to here when Esau says, you know, what's the meaning of all the herds and flocks I met as I came to you? And Jacob said, these are to find favor in the sight of my Lord. Jacob hoped the gifts would win him favor. With Esau. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that you don't have to give anything to win favor with God? Aren't you glad that you don't have to give God a bunch of gifts to win him over? Or you don't have to do a bunch of works to win him over? Or you don't have to do a bunch of religious activities to win God's favor? All you have to do is put your faith in Jesus Christ. Put your trust in his death on the cross for your sins and his resurrection from the dead. And we receive God's favor when we do that. He forgives our sins. He gives us eternal life. He accepts us into his family. We're saved by grace through faith and not by works, right? We don't have to do a bunch of works to win God's favor. So he tries to give Esau all these gifts to win his favor. But Esau said in verse 9, I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. So that tells us Esau has been blessed over the years and he's become wealthy also. And so verse 10, and Jacob said, no, please, if I have now found favor in your sight or now that I have found favor in your sight, then receive my present from my hand. And as much as I have seen your face, as though I have seen the face of God and you were pleased with me. Jacob, you know, says here, you know, basically, you've been gracious to me like God has been gracious to me. It's like I've seen the face of God in the way that you've shown me favor. But I want you to note the difference here. Before Jacob gave gifts to Esau, hoping to receive favor. That's why he gave the gifts, hoping that he would receive favor in return for those gifts. Now, verse 10, he's giving because he has received favor from Esau. And that order is important. That's the right way to think about giving and serving the Lord. We give and serve the Lord not to earn God's favor. We give and serve the Lord because God's favor has been given to us already. We're giving and serving out of a response to God's graciousness and God's favor in our lives that he's already given to us. So it's a response now, not trying to earn anything, not trying to win anything here. 
I'm just responding to his goodness. And that's why we give and that's why we serve. So he goes on in verse 11 to say, please take my blessing that is brought to you because God has dealt graciously with me and because I have enough. So he urged him and he took it. Now, if you're a note taker in verse 10, Jacob said, receive my present from my hand. And then in verse 11, he says, take my blessing. He uses a different word here in the Hebrew. Now he says, take my blessing. That word blessing should ring a bell for you. Remember, Esau accused Jacob of stealing his blessing, which he didn't steal. And so now when Jacob says, take my blessing that is brought to you, it's actually a reference to that patriarchal blessing that Jacob has received. Jacob now is offering to share some of the patriarchal blessing with Esau that Esau willingly forfeited to Jacob. Remember, for a bowl of soup, he gave it to him. I love this. Jacob's under no obligation. But Jacob very graciously and generously says to Esau, let me give some of the blessing back to you. Let me give you some of the blessing I've received. Now, the reason Jacob can be so generous is because he says, because God has dealt graciously with me and because I have enough. It's wonderful when God has graciously blessed you with so much that you can generously bless others. Listen, that's one reason why you should get your finances in order if they're not in order. You get your debt paid off and get your financial house in order and live in such a way that frees you up to be generous to others with the blessings that God has given you so that you can give to others. So you can use the blessings that God has given to you. Generously bless others. Now, at the end of verse 11, there's a word play here. Jacob says, because I have enough. And back up in verse 9, Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. But then again, in verse 11, Jacob says, and because I have enough. And it's actually two different words used in the Hebrew. The word that Jacob uses in verse 11 actually means I have everything. Or you might say, I have more than enough. Esau, you have enough, but I have more than enough. I have everything. I have the blessing. I have the birthright. I'm the heir. So please, so please, take the gift. And Jacob urged Esau to take the gift, and Esau did take it. You know, the Bible says it's more blessed to give than receive, and Esau said, all right, I'll take the lesser blessing. I'll take it. And he received Jacob's gift. Then Esau said, let us take our journey. Let us go and we will go before you. So what Esau does now is he invites Jacob and his family home with him to Seir in Edom. In verse 13, but Jacob said to him, my Lord knows that the children are weak and the flocks and herds which are nursing are with me. And if the men should drive them hard. One day, all the flock will die. Please let my Lord go on ahead before his servant. I will lead on slowly at a pace which the livestock that go before me and the children are able to endure until I come to my Lord and see her. Now, you know what Jacob does here? 
he makes an excuse to get out of going home with Esau. He asked me how I know, and I say, brings truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton as he teaches verse by verse through the book of Genesis. This Old Testament book of history and the start of what God created teaches you much about God's plan for the future. We hope you'll continue to tune in for Pastor Dan's studies. If you ever have any questions about what you've heard or would like someone to pray with, would you give us a call? You can reach us by calling 410-491-4592. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. You can also fill out the prayer request form at calvaryec.com. Just click on the Connect tab to access it. We'd love to meet you in person, too. If you're in Columbia, Maryland, please join us this weekend for worship and studying Scripture together at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. There'll be time to meet your brothers and sisters in Christ, too, and to spend time in prayer. We look forward to sharing this time of worship together with you. You'll find service times and directions at our website, calvaryec.com. While you're there, please be sure to check out additional teachings from the Bible. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Once more, that's calvaryec.com. That's all we have time for today. There's much more to gain through this study through the book of Genesis. So be sure to join us next time on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.